Welcome to Entrepreneurhood, where we break entrepreneurship down into three simple pillars, business, lifestyle, and motivation. Our goal is to use our personal experiences as industry leaders to guide and inspire young entrepreneurs to see the lesson in every challenge, because we understand that companies don't succeed, people do. Now, welcome the leaders of entrepreneurhood, Lakeham and KB. Welcome to the neighborhood. You got your boy, Lake Kim in the building, and I got my brother, KB, in the building with me. We on episode 25, and we decided to name this one, Finish the Job. KB and I, we realized that there's a lot of entrepreneurs on social media that get people on the fence, but they just don't know how to close the sale. KB, he found a real relatable quote that we think our entrepreneurs is going to appreciate. And then KB is also going to let y'all know why we decided to choose this topic. KB, what's the quote of the day? People don't buy for logical reasons. They buy for emotional reasons. And this was said by Zig Ziglar. I truly believe that, bro, because no matter how big or small the transaction is, it comes down to a person saying, it just feels right, or I feel like I'm ready. And you just want to make sure you're on the right side of that transaction. Yeah, you got to. (laughs) Life breaks down into two things. It's either you are selling or you're being sold. And I think our entrepreneurs got to understand if you got someone on the fence, man, you got to finish the job. The main reason why we chose this episode, because we know entrepreneurs have a hard time closing sales on social media. The deal is not done until the transaction has been made. So therefore, finish the job if you want to get paid. I think they missed that one, bro. They missed that one. (laughs) I said the deal is not done until a transaction is made. Finish the job if you want to get paid. Yo, Jay, sign me, bro. Entrepreneur, we need some deals, man. Like, we're giving <laughs> too many free gems, KB. Too many, man. The first problem a lot of entrepreneurs interact with is I get the views on my posts, but no engagement. Yeah. Now, when you first start out, your page is pretty new. You probably have a certain amount of followers, people that you personally know. And you kind of focus your value based on the likes that you get. But it's not really about the likes. It's the engagement that you have with people. So you have to do certain things to make them engage. Just because you post it, and they know you, doesn't mean they're going to tap in, no matter how good it is. Even if people are viewing you or there's no engagement, sometimes you got to know how to angle it and show different perspectives to it so you get more engagement. When you told me that, I was like, man, I was so one-minded with my posts, and then I I realized my engagement was low. So yeah, I think this one is going to be good, man. I definitely got an example I could share on this. And the other idea is tapping into your audience or your tribe or your target market of people. Because people that you personally know might not be the people for your brand or your product or service. So you have to understand that, that they're not going to be really interested sometimes. Once you know who you're targeting with your service or your product, it becomes clear because like you said, sometimes your close friends aren't the people that boss. Just be intentional with it. The second problem we have, I always have people interested, but they never purchase. I see that a lot. My motivation is that I have to eat. I eat what I kill. We're going to keep saying it until y'all really understand. You only eat what you kill. At the end of the day, you're not coming off as desperate, but you have to come with some type of determination to close the, the sale. Because if you don't, then you're not going to make any money. What are you getting in business for to make money? This is one thing that I've been really, really good at is if someone is interested, they're getting the service or product that I'm offering. There's no if, ands, or but. I think it's just because I kind of have that like that mamba mentality when it comes to sales. If I know someone wants it, it's not if you're going to get my service or product, it's when you're going to get my service or product. And that's what I think we want to teach our entrepreneurs. It's not an if, it's a matter of when. Yeah, once they're at the door, it's over. You should never open the door. Once you open the door, you got room for me to come in and finish the job. That's how I take it. Like Once you're already attracted to what I'm doing and you're inquiring, all right, now it's go time. 
being able to talk to, you know, a female. Bro, back when we were single, I was interested in someone or if I felt like they, someone showed me some type of attention, it's like, okay, cool, I'm going to get your number. There's no if, ands, or but. Attention, it's a buying signal. And if someone is giving you attention to something that they're interested in, you got to make sure you know how to finish it. It's that simple. Yeah, it reminded me of the Fab line where he said, it might be something in the eye, but to me, she winking. That's one of the things I live by. Is, All right, if I could read your body language, because body language is part of the sailors too. So if I could read you and I know that you're on the fence, it's like, all right, now I'm in attack mode and I'm going to deliver. The third problem, I struggle with getting reoccurring customers. With this problem, it's simple because a lot of entrepreneurs, they get people to buy from them once and then they never see that customer again. And I don't know what kind of business they in, unless you have a product that's only a one-time product, which I can't really think of one. Like you and me were trying to pinpoint a one-time product. If you deliver it once, people should come back for more. Yeah. And they're not coming back. Then that person that you deliver to is giving you referrals. It's important that you have to spread your business. Either you're going to, people are going to spend more money with you or they're going to refer you to other people to spend money with you. And that's based on the experience that they receive. So that's a big part of finishing the job for real. Now, when it comes to my personal experience, I get the views, but no engagement. When I first started Instagram, I wasn't always a popular online person, but I knew a lot of people from different areas. I went to school with almost everybody. I moved around a lot. When it comes down to the social media, I was always focused on the engagement, not the likes itself. So what I mean by engagement is like the comments that you have. Before it was DMs. That's how old we are. Instagram, they always have DMs. They used to have comments and that's how I used to engage with the people. So when I first started training, that's where I had to deliver the message. In the comment section, or you go to somebody old picture and you tag them and you have the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I do remember that. I do remember that. I noticed that even some things I got maybe 10 likes of, I got two clients. That conversion rate didn't really matter based on the likes. It based on the engagement I had with the people when I came and talked to them on the side. A lot of people get caught up in that. They want it to be an it page. They want to have a thousand comments, a thousand shares, a thousand saves, a thousand messages. But at the same time, you have to convert that into a sale. You have to finish the job. I got a question because for me, I'm just now getting in online sales. Like all my sales is face to face. Do you think the engagement is based on the amount of followers a person have? Do you have to have a lot of followers to close deals on social media? You don't have to have a lot of followers, but the more would be better dependent on the audience. For example... If you have 500 followers who have a particular audience, you sell in skateboard and they all in the skateboard community, that 500 is more valuable than having 2,000 just random people following because they're going to be more tapped in into the target market and they're going to be more receptive to what you're doing because they actually care about what you're doing. They're actually interested. It all depends about your audience. People know you for one thing and you're selling something else. It's going to be hard. So you have to create a separate page just for that. So people can understand this is what I'm bringing you, just skateboards. I'm not bringing you skincare and skateboard. It's the value of the audience. I remember one time you told me about a person with a lot of followers. That doesn't always mean that they'll get a lot of sales. But from what I'm understanding is that the more followers you get, the better. But it's also knowing how to like build those relationships with your followers because if you have 20,000 followers and another person has 5,000, and they're more engaged, they have a better chance of making more sales than a person with 20,000 random people. Yeah. And I experienced that, especially working with some trainers before in the past, where they might have a crazy following. But when it comes down to the actual event and the workout, they only bring it out five people. And it's like, 
bro, like I got 10 and I got a thousand followers. You got 10,000, 20,000 followers. You bring out five people. What's up? <laughs> and that's when I realized this is different because you could be an it person on social media, but for you to actually bring somebody out in person, that holds a different type of value. And I think that's the confusion where it's like, oh, they got so many followers. They're going to, I just need them to wear my clothing. And then a lot of people are going to tap into in my brand, but it's not always like that. If they're not engaged with their followers and their followers might be fake because there's so many different apps and stuff. You can fake your followers. You can fake your story account. It's so much phoniness that you don't know what's real. So you have to really do your due diligence on the person that you plan to work with. Like, why do people get like the fake followers and stuff? It appears better if you say I have 10K followers. Most of the time, it'd be bots for certain people because you might go to their posts and they might have four comments. And like the ratio don't add up there, bro. Like how you have (laughs) (laughs) 10K, but you only got four comments. And that's when you could tell. And then now they have people where they can fake their views too. They could have, you know, 20,000 views. Nobody's saying anything on their posts. That seems desperate to me, man. Yeah, because everybody wants to pair that they're that person. They want to leverage that for brands to pay them to post their certain things. What's some of the things you've been noticing with this particular problem with people that like is getting a lot of views and no engagement? Like, have you seen that a lot with other people that you know? Yeah, I've seen that a lot. And I have people talk to me about that. For example, from a female's perspective, they might be more interested in her selfie pictures than her actual brand or business or products. I don't get it. If I post about my eyelashes or my hair or my skincare, people don't comment or they don't engage. But if I post a selfie, you get a whole bunch of 20 comments, heart eyes, DMs, all of that. <laughs> There's a way you could go about it. You could actually trick the system. You could post something in your caption under that cute selfie because that's going to grab their attention and you could refer it back to your business. Or you could take a cute selfie with your product in your hand. <laughs> so you've got to be strategic and you got to understand the type of audience that you're tapping into. You said something that's real important. Do you think captions play a part in engagement? Definitely. I always thought captions play a big part even when before I would have my business. I'm the type of person, I'm going to listen to four or five songs before I actually make my post. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just me. Captions is really, it's just like a subtle sale in a way. because. The caption can make a person feel a kind of way. In the past, you've been able to do a lot of things. You have an approach where it helps me be like, oh, snap, Like that makes sense. Let me check this out. I like to have a strategy depending on what I'm doing. If I'm selling something or I'm giving informing someone about something, it might be a little longer. But if I'm just taking a picture of me or working out, I like to use witty things to, to take people's mind to another level. Not just saying, oh, I'm in the gym, grind and go hard. I'm going to give you more than that. I'm going to give you something to think about. Hold on. Maybe I should start working out. That is a good point. And I always point out like the status quo and put like a twist on it. And that's just my strategy of, you know, switching my words around during my captions. But I feel like certain posts are informative that needs to be informative. Certain posts need to be short, like far as your captions. And you got to understand different things. The only way you can understand that is by trying different things and seeing what works and what brings in engagement. I feel like the caption tells a story. Right. Like I feel like when you share different captions and how in depth the captions are to convert those into finishing the job is like a witty caption gets more views. And then when you get those views, you got to know how to convert those views. The first line should definitely be the most powerful one to grab their attention, because therefore, again, know your audience. If you sell into millennials, you're not trying to work more than what we work now. 
a five-page essay caption, then that's not going to work. Here's the flip thing. If you're selling poetry, you're selling books where literature is everything, then you might want to make it two or three pages because that's what your audience likes. So all depends on being strategic and tapping into who you're speaking to. If I'm speaking to athletes, I'm not giving them a three-page essay. They're not going to be entertained by that. <laughs> At all, bro. Like You stand no chance because, again, you got to know the attention span that we have with people is... It's super selective. People have selective attention. And once you know how to gauge that, then I think that helps out a lot with converting those views into sales because that's really the problem is we want to talk to the entrepreneurs that is getting the attention, but they're just not using that to make money off of this because what's the point of having all of these views, these shares, these comments, if you're not finishing the job? It's mind-boggling. And when we get to the takeaways, I'm going to give you guys some, some clear steps that I use. Let's talk about the next problem. What's the next one that we got? I always have people interested, but they never purchase. This is a big thing that I know a lot of people, they have where, would you say people are always in the DM asking like, where did they get that from? How did they do this? Or like, how much does it cost? Asking how much it costs doesn't turn into sales somehow. Take our mind from social media for one aspect. If you have a store, and you have hundreds of people coming through your store and they leaving with no purchase, how are you going to feel? I'm like, yo, they got to be stealing something or it's stinking his. That's one of the two options. That's the aspect you got to look at why I'm talking to these different people, taking my time up, responding to these messages and comments, and I'm not finishing the job. That would make me so discouraged that you're not making money off of something that people find valuable and you're not closing them. One of the things that I've realized is you have a very small window in being able to get someone to go from being excited to like finishing the job. If we wait too long for someone who's excited, they're showing interest to actually asking for the sale. Because I know that's one of the big things we talk about all the time is sometimes people are just literally scared to ask for the sale. And by being scared to ask for the sale, like, bro, that equivalates to no money. And I feel like business is not fun when you're not making money. That's what I want our entrepreneurs to do is like, yo, understand that window, man. When if someone is showing interest, yo, go for the kill. Because I remember you telling me one time, um, I was like, yo, someone said that they want to buy a shirt, but I didn't respond. And you was like, yo, bro, jump on that. If they ask you that they wanted a shirt, you got to go in and respond ASAP. Don't take a long time to respond. If they show that they're interested. Yeah, because in the midst of that, things happen. They probably could have spent their money with someone else or something can happen where they do like, you know what, I can't spend no money. I'm on a certain budget. You, it has so many different uncontrollable variables. You in control if they said they want something. And it's your job to respond that as fast as possible. Because I witnessed where I wanted something. And then a couple of days later, yo, I don't even want that no more. And... <laughs> It's just a new, it's a human nature that we do things based off emotions. Like one, humans, we don't like spending money. That's one thing. And we don't like making decisions. But those are the two things you need to finish, to have a transaction. When somebody's saying you have the green light, I want this, you're like, all right, bet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I need to do to respond to it. Especially knowing if you're in the beginning stages of your business where you're trying to grow. And if you're lit already and you got, the demand is high, all right, you have a little grace period. But at the same time, you still want to respond to people in a timely fashion. I know personally I have to work on it because my demand is high for training. <laughs> but I have to work on my response level because a lot of people are like, yo, I was trying to email you. I was trying to DM you. And I'm like, yo, I'm still talking to other people. So now I just have to figure out a faster way 
to respond, respond to people. And that was, that was my thing that I'm working on, my level of entrepreneurhood. When you have people who want something, make sure you, you could deliver within that moment. I know that people make decisions based on emotion. And I know emotion plays a, a huge part into any sales transaction. That's such an important thing. For me, with my style of business, face-to-face sales, right? Like I understand people, if they show any type of interest, like I tell my guys, like ABC, ABC stands for always be closing. Someone is showing you buying signs, right? Buying signs is you can read their facial expressions for social media is they're asking future questions, right? A future question is how does this work? What's the payment method that you accept? Like you have to use those buying signs. And once someone shows that, then it's time to finish the job. You got to go for the kill. People will have buyer's remorse before they even buy it, what you just said. (laughs) And that's the worst. The worst is when you have someone have buyer's remorse before they even buy your product. And then now no transaction happened. You have to figure out, all right, if they're going to be a dead lead or they're going to be like a warm lead, I'm going to get back to them. When people tell me, I'm going to let you know, one, depending on how long of the conversation had, how, how lengthy what the dialogue was, I was like, all right, so you want, to get, want me to get back to you this week or next week? Simple. Or when I, if I'm talking to people, I'm like, all right, you're going to let me know. One, I don't have that much availability. So I need you to understand that there's a level of scarcity here. And I'm not trying to scare you, but I'm saying if you try to come back to me before, either one, I'm not going to have room for you or the price is going to be different. <laughs> <laughs> It just is what it is and happens all the time. And I always go back to my older messages because people inquire probably two or three times before they actually start with me for training. It's always funny because I, I point them out. I'm like, yo, we supposed to start in 2018. Are you ready now? I question them on that in my own way of, of speaking, but they're like, damn, they, it makes them feel like, yo, I don't want to look like I'm wasting his time because I know he's an important person. So you got to have a certain type of standard where you carry yourself, where you're not just going to be spending hours talking to people and they go like, all right, I'm going to get back to you. Are you starting now or are you starting later? One thing I learned in sales, they said, while well, selling knives, Cutco, they said, not now means never. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And that's something that stuck with me. I'm not going to be forceful, but I'm going to let you know that I don't got time to be wasting because I'm out here actually helping people. So if you want to be helped, get the results that you need. Bro, one of the things that I teach my team is when we talk to customers face to face, We want a yes or a no, not a maybe. Entrepreneurs with social media, they accept the maybes. They accept maybe a better time, maybe this, maybe that is a no. It's either I'm going for a yes or a no. When doing the solutions, I got a solution of the impulse factor that I teach my team that I think entrepreneurs could use on social media as well. Like doing the solutions, I got something for everybody. And even outside of social media, bro, when it even comes to selling houses, and talking into people making one of the biggest purchases of their life, I have to finish the job. Like, it's, it has not been one sale I've made where it's, all right, they want the house. It was a one, two, three. I, I know I want a house. This is the price I want. All right, cool. It's never like that. It's, <laughs> it's communicating. It's really helping them make a decision. That's all sales really is. You're the person to help them make decisions. If you could help people get what they want, then you could have anything you want in your life. Yeah, bro. Like, that's one of the things I preach. And sales... Don't look at yourself as a salesperson. Look at yourself as a buyer's assistant. One of the things that I feel like you've embodied is in real estate is, yeah, you're a great buyer's assistant. Like you help people figure out what they want. 
and then you assist them in making that right decision. And it's the same thing with what I teach my sales team is I'm like, yo, you're not out there to sell. You're out there to help. One of the quotes that I truly believe in is everybody likes to buy. No one likes to be sold. If entrepreneurs understand that if someone is showing you that they want to buy, finish it, just get it done, go on for the kill. Because if not, you're going to leave a lot of money on the table. Let's jump into the last problem. The issue that a lot of entrepreneurs on social media and just in sales in general, they say that they struggle with getting reoccurring customers. What kind of experience you got with that? If I help you, I'm going to help your mother, your brother, your sister, your coworker. I'm helping everybody. That's, and that, that's the type of mindset I have because if you got something good and then people usually share it, you just have to be that something good for that person. I always focus on getting reoccurring customers because it holds so much value when people say, yo, I used to train with him. He helped me get my house. Because I look at it like this. My clients can get more clients than me just off a of referral because their word is more valuable to the person that they personally know. That has to be a focus. You can't just have people come and not come back again. You're not going to grow your business that way. Having customers that are one-time buyers that don't even give a referral is kind of bad business, man. If someone comes and approaches you and they buy your service or your product one time and they don't come back and they don't refer anyone to you, I personally feel like you did something wrong. You got to check your service and check how you were speaking to this person or check your product to see if it's actually really good. That's another thing. Asking for feedback is so important. It could be scary because it could go either way, <laughs> but you need it because you need to know how to perfect it for the next person. So even to this day, even though people always say, yo, you the best trainer, you the GOAT, I always still ask my people, how do you feel about this session? They think I'm being sarcastic most of the time because that's my tone. I'm just asking them genuinely, like, yo, how do you feel about it? Because I know in my head, I strategically did something different. I want to get their feedback on it and see if it actually works for them and maximize their efforts within the session. So you got to ask for feedback. That's very important. I think you just be, your clients be scared to give you feedback because if they say that it was easy, then you go crazy the next session. And if they say it was hard, then they're going to be like, you're going to, dang, I, I didn't even think it was that challenging. I'm all about customer satisfaction. It's funny because I always tell my clients, like, if you die, I'm like, I'll bring you back to life. <laughs> so you think you got it? I'm like, nah. I'm just <laughs> wait, does KB know CPR or like how you bringing them back? I throw cold water on them. Do you have a lot of reoccurring people or do they be scared or like, how do you get your reoccurring people to come back with your death workouts? Well, one, I prep people now. That's a very important thing to do. So I let them know, well, if today's Monday, you not might be able to get out of bed on Wednesday. This is going to be hurting. Your back is going to be hurting. Your quad is going to be hurting. It's normal. And once you rationalize with everybody else and the people that's in the session are like, yeah, girl, you're going to be feeling terrible. <laughs> then they feel comfortable and it's already expected. So when it comes Wednesday morning, they're not cursing me out in a text message like, yo, KB, I got to reschedule. I'm letting them know, no, this is going to happen and we're going to work on a different body part and you, your body's going to recover and you're going to be fine. Just setting the right expectations. And I think as funny as it may sound, it's true, man. People don't mind bad news. They just don't like surprises. And you do, based on what you're telling me, it seems like you do a good job of preempting them of what to expect and of how they're going to think and how they're going to feel. So when it does happen, it kind of makes you look like a genius because they're like, yo, KB said I was going to feel like that. This is either they like you more or they just think you're reading their mind, but it's just you've been in the game for so long. And it's important too, because based on 
when people start, I always ask them, when was the last time you worked out? How often you work out? And I do it to their discretion. So if you come in and you could do a little more than everybody else, then I'm going to start you at a different level. But if you don't know anything and you're just novice to the whole working out experience, then I'm going to start you a little bit small, but I'm going to do it according to your capabilities. So that's what people get a little discouraged. Like, I can't do what these girls are doing. No, nah, you're not going to do what they're doing. I'm going to make you make sure be accountable. If you only can do four push-ups, then we're going to keep it at four. We're not going to do three. And that's the type of accountability I give to my clients, no matter what level you're at. That's important, man, because when it comes to like our entrepreneurs that struggle with getting customers to be a repeat buyer, I think one of the things that I know that's a big part of the sale and finishing the job is making sure your delivery is on point, making sure that you follow up with your customers, because these are all things that get people to come back. They feel like you valued them the first time and valuing your customers. And what you said earlier, bro, was so money is making people feel like they got the better end of the deal than you did. And as a business owner, we always know we get the better end of the deal, but we don't want our people to know that. We want them to feel like they got the best, they got the best deal. And it's crazy, bro, because in sales, here's a tactic that I use. When I sign someone up face-to-face for AT&T services, every customer is able to get a $100 Visa gift card. And there's mm-hmm. a tactic called the bullet theory. The bullet theory means that you never expose all of your promotions up front. So what I always do is if I'm going to sign someone up, I'm going to tell them that, hey, um, by you coming to at and I'm going to give you a $50 gift card. So the listeners know there is no $50 gift card. It's just a facade to make them feel like, oh, 50 bucks. But then at the very end of the deal, how I finish the job is I say, um, you know what, customer? You're my favorite customer of the day, man. Instead of a $50 gift card, I'm going to give you a $100 gift card. By me saying that and finishing the sale that way, how I finished the job, customers are like, wow, like you just gave me something extra. Now I appreciate you more and I feel like I got more out of you than what you're getting from me. Not knowing the whole time that I was going to give them a $100 gift card from the jump. So for the entrepreneurs, it's sometimes... You want to under promise and then over deliver. If you could offer something to someone, my best advice is this under promise. If you're going to give someone something free, tell them that it's only the first few people are free. Or I'm going to give you a 14 day trial and then say, you know what, for you is going to be a 30 day trial. And you knew it was going to be a 30 day trial from the jump, but it's just knowing how to make people feel more valued. And I think that's a, a big thing with getting reoccurring customers. Everybody got to feel like they're the only one. And you ain't the only one that's trying to be the only one. No, it's definitely true. You have to be strategic, placing a value, like you said, and knowing when to strike. By you saying that, it made me think about in real estate, because being like the buyer's agent, I always remind them, I don't get paid until you have the keys in your hand. It makes them think, hold on, he's actually working for me for free. I'm not charging you to be your buyer's agent. I'm saying when you sign a deal, that's when I get paid. So I got to do everything I need to do until we actually close and finish the job. And it reminds them like, hold on, he's actually really caring. Like he's picking us up. He's taking us to open houses. He's doing all the certain research for us. He's making these appointments. He's really working for us. When I put that emotion out there that people really respect that, they're already trying to refer me to other people before the deal was even done. 
And that's the thing. You want to build that value within your service or within your product to have people to keep coming back to you. I think that's such a huge part. And hopefully the entrepreneurs listening, man, they really, they taken away like little small gems that we're saying. And I feel like the final takeaways for each one is definitely going to take us home. Let's jump into some of the takeaways so our entrepreneurs really know how to pinpoint and finish the job. What we got for the, the first takeaway? The first one we got is call to action. When you're on social media, don't just be on social media, but use the social media tools to build engagement with your audience. So this means use the polls, questions, signal words, giveaways, go live. I guarantee you, if you go live, people that you've been following already are going to look at it as an opportunity to engage with you that you have never spoken to before. So these tools will help you engage with people. It's almost like a, a sale of connection. People feel like it's a sale. You know, let me go talk to this person. Let me go ask them because I've always been following, but I never felt like it was the right opportunity. And that's one of the things that you need to have is call to action within your post. I feel like you told me that one time as well. And I didn't really see the value in going live until I went live and people that have been following me for a long time that never really said anything, never really showed a lot of engagement. But as soon as I went live, they was like, yo, man, I've been following you for a minute and I've been noticing this and I've been seeing you growing with that. And I was like, wow, this really works. All the listeners out there, I feel like something simple like that. A lot of people sometimes are watching. They're just looking for the right opportunity to tell you that they've been watching. So definitely use some of the things that KB just dropped. It's like when you go to a party, they're playing regular music, but then your favorite song comes on or the most popping song at the moment. Oh, I bet. Yeah, I'm going to dance with her now. Because <laughs> everybody's feeling the vibe. The emotion is there. You could have did it before. The emotion is there. Everybody's having fun. Let's, it's my time to jump in. And it's one of those things that you have to understand. This is how you need to treat your business. So even to break it down a little bit more, the polls on Instagram is definitely a great a tool to use where you basically ask a question, you give people two options. You can be simple. Do you, like this? Do you guys like this or you don't like this? Finishing the job is... Getting back to those people that answer. Don't just take the percentages and just go about your merry way. Contact those people and ask them why they liked it or why they didn't like it so you could get their feedback. And then within that midst of that conversation, that's when you close the deal. And another thing you can do is the signal words. So the signal words that people might say is leave something in the comment section if you want this or DM me a certain word if you want this. So DM me money or DM me free giveaway. You give them a call to action. These are warm leads. These people are already interested. And now you just have to really just share it with them. You don't even got to sell them. You just got to share what you bring in and give value. Like, I really hope the listeners are taking on some notes on this because when it comes to this topic, man, you're the expert. So I want them to really take everything away of what you're saying. The second takeaway I got is change your words. If you have warm leads and there's no reason why you shouldn't be closing them. So one thing I always do, and I learned this from a real estate broker in the past, is you always finish a message with a question. Yep. Until the transaction is done. <laughs> no matter what you're selling, you should ask them, is this something that you want? Is that good for you? This is how I take payment. Do you have this? I take Cash App. I take Apple Pay. I take Zelle. These are certain things that you need to be talking about because how are you going to get paid? You're just blowing fluff if you're not putting out the initial steps like, all right, this is when the payment needs to be done by 
such and such, or I take deposits. You have to be clear of what you want after the value is already set. All right, now it's time to get paid. With this one, there's two tactics that I use in face-to-face sales that I think is totally applicable to social media. One is making sure, like what KB just said, that you have control of the conversation. The way you have a control of the conversation is you ask leading questions to get your desired outcome, and you use a tactic called fear of loss, right? Fear of loss means if someone is interested, you want to let them know that, hey, this is what I could do, and I have three of this product remaining, and for you, I could give it to you at this rate or whatever the case may be. So it's just knowing that, remember, people make decisions based on emotion. So if someone feels like it's a limited amount left, they're going to take action. And that's key to having someone make a decision. We want to teach our entrepreneurs how to get people to close the deal. Yeah, you have to use certain words that's going to be leading to the steps of the process. So even saying know when and not an if is two simple words, but that changes the trajectory of the conversation. After I tell people my prices, because I already know they want to train, I ask them, how soon can you start? I'm not asking them, is that okay with you? Is this doable? Is this price all right? I know what's my value and I know what I'm going to bring to the table, but I need to know, are you going to be a part of this hot lead system? And I need to put you in the rotation of my other clients. And when you got to have that confidence in your brand. You got to have that confidence in what you're selling. If you know your product or your service is undeniable, then people have no problem paying for it. Yeah. You just got to have a strong close. Is it one of your closing statements? You're trying to join the team? Question mark. I always tell them when people, you know, double dutch on starting and I spoke to them probably two or three times prior. I always ask them like, yo, you trying to join the squad or not? Because I know my audience understand that the women that I'm speaking to, they know what that means. Hold on. Let me not bullshit. Let me give KB a clear answer. Either I can't do it now or I'm going to start now. And those are the two things I'm looking for because I need to know what's going on. Because one thing about me, I always take care of the people in front of me. But if I'm going to put you in a loop of people in front of me, I need to know that you're committed. And by you committed is saying you're committed and paying. And it's saying you're committed. <laughs> so if you don't pay, then you don't get a spot. It's just that simple because I have one, I have limited spots now because of the COVID. So now it's even more strict far as in the guidelines and the rescheduling process. And I let everyone know that, listen, going forward, this is what we need to do. If I'm saying I'm going to be there, I need you guys to be there too. And it's just holding value to your brand and your service. Yeah, man. All the entrepreneurs out there, if you want to get people to purchase, you got to have a strong close. And it's okay to use the same close for every single person because if you want to make it systematic, And you just know, okay, when I say, when I use this close, this is the ratio that I get. So closing is how you get people to make a decision. That's how you finish the job. By you saying that, it just made me think about how I talk to people. As an entrepreneur, you should have a list of three to five questions. I would say five to seven questions that you ask every client. That's going to lead into a transaction. And it might be a little bit of a different order, but you should know you should have these questions answered. And then ask for the sale. When you're speaking and you're engaging, you have to build insight. You have to understand why they're coming, why now, what do they want to achieve? You'll be able to answer that. And then when you come to the close, it's just a summary of everything they told you. You revert it back to them and you say, all right, do you want to do it this week or you want to do it next week? (laughs) 
do you want to come Monday or you want to come Wednesday? And that's the type of confidence that you need to have. But you have to listen. You have to really read the words and actions as you speak into them. That's one of the same closing statements we use for face-to-face sales is we're trying to close a customer. We just say, all right, so like what day do you want the service to be installed? Once a person commits to a date, the sale is 90% done. You just got to collect payment. Please give them an example about when people uh, talk too much. What is the, the technique where you don't say anything, you ask them that question, you just wait. When you go for the close, then it's called the Philly fade. You throw out the closing statement, and this is face-to-face. You throw out a closing statement, and then you put your head down, and you just wait for a response. And the first person to speak after the close, they lose. If you throw out a close, then you just got to wait for the response. What day do you want the service? Head down. I'm waiting for a response. And then once I get that response, it's like, all right, like, next, how we paying? To convert that to social media, when you send someone the last question, like, how can you pay or do you want to pay for it this way? Don't send another message after that. Wait for them to respond. And if they leave you on scene, you wait for probably a few hours or maybe the next day and you hit them back again. So do you still want to get this? And if like, oh, yeah, actually, I'm sorry, I, I was sidetracked or such and such. Yeah, I want to get it. All right, this is how you pay. And I think that's understanding putting your pride aside for another to send one more message that can help you make some money. It's that simple. Because some people, I, I don't want to feel like I'm fiending. I don't want to feel like, oh, I'm thirsty. Your business is not you. Don't take it personal. This is how you make sales. You have to talk to people. You have to follow up with them in order to make money. Don't act as, as you trying to you know, talk to somebody in the street, build a conversation or a relationship. This is for your business. You're trying to build business relationship with transactions. Entrepreneurs, they just got to put that pride aside and decide, yo, is it pride or is it food? Which one do you want? Because you're going to need pride to ask somebody for money to eat. (laughs) (laughs) A third takeaway, for people that can't get reoccurring customers, focus on social selling. So social selling is basically when people buy and they say it's good to their friends, then that means their friends are going to buy. You have to capitalize on the error that we're in. For example, we go back to the hair products. You bought a, a particular hair product based on what somebody else told you without even you know checking it out because you trusted that person. Yeah. And that's what influenced you to buy immediately because you won, you needed it. But when they added the extra value on, yo, it actually works, you're like, All right, I'm going to go buy it. So I think people need to focus on, if you could get in the circle of people, friends and family and have them talk about you, then you continue to win. So the practical steps of doing that is making sure you tag people when you do transactions with them. Make sure they repost you and ask them to repost you because like, yo, I'm trying to grow my business. I'm trying to help more people. What you can do for me is just repost it. You don't have to put it on your page. You can put it on your story. At least for 24 hours, you have a window of people tapping into your business. Once you close a sale with someone, you ask them if there's anybody else that might be interested in the same thing and put it out there for other people to see. If they bought your product, you either want them to buy it again or refer to somebody else. So ask for the sale, ask for referrals. Every time in face-to-face sales, I close a sale. I'm like, look, if you know anybody else that's unsatisfied, like I get paid based on the people that I help out. So if you know anybody else that's having an issue, give them my number or give me their number. So then that way I could reach out to them. And the other way to attack it is to give them an incentive for referring people to you. Yep. So when I first started, 
in the early stage, I used to refer, I said I had a referral program. You refer someone else, you probably get like $25 off your package for each person you refer. So when people say, how many people can I do? I'm like, you can do up to three people. One person went hard. They try to get four people. I'm like, yo, I can't go that far now. <laughs> but maybe you can work something else out. And I gave them another product, I gave them a t-shirt or something like that. You can have incentives for your referrals to have people like, you know what? I know a lot of people. All right, bet. I'm going to help you out. But at the same time, you could give them some type of exchange for another transaction. If you, you could do that, you could ask for the sale genuinely. Be confident when you do it. Don't just say, oh, do you know anybody that would need this service too? Like really bring emotion to it and make them excited about helping you and tell them about your vision, what you're trying to achieve. And one thing I learned from selling knives is always mention your goals when you talk to your customers. Because it's a human nature to see someone else do good if they're actually a good person. It's like, yo, I want to see you be the number one seller. I number one see the top person. Matter of fact, I'm going to do whatever I can to help you because you gave me great service. It's a big thing is when I'm helping people hit their goals, I tell them to let customers know, hey, like by me helping you, I want to, this was going to be one step closer to me hitting my goals. But like my end goal, I want to bring value to you. By you allowing me to bring value this does get me a little bit closer to my goals. And people, they respect that. They respect the honesty and you being transparent. Yeah, and for social media's sake, create a platform where it's like a winner's type circle for people that you have clients with. So you have clients from training, you have clients from here, you have clients from your clothing brand. Post them and make them feel like a celebrity and give them a level of dopamine and feeling good about the decisions that they made from working with you. So when people... I never realized it because I post what I post, but people are excited to actually be on my page. Yo, I want KB to post me on his page. Therefore, I want to work hard and get my transformation. Not as if they get any type of super glory for being on my page, but it's just, yo, I achieved this. I'm actually a body goal myself. So <laughs> these are certain little intangible things that people notice and they want to be a part of. If you, you know, been brushing your hair and you've been doing your thing in the top waivers, post your hair. You'd be like, yo, I made it. <laughs> yeah. Like, bro, like, I'm going to be like, I'm a part of the community. Like, that would get me really hyped. I definitely feel that. So you need to be that person for your business, for your clients. And that's what we want you guys to understand is that your platform is however much value you put into it, that's what it would be. Yeah. And here's my very last takeaway, KB, before we finish things up. For all the entrepreneurs out there that's struggling with finishing the job, one of our bros, he always has a funny saying, and he always say, yo, like, finish your breakfast, man. Finish your breakfast. And all I really mean is as entrepreneurs, you don't want to leave food on the table and, and you want to be respectful and finish your food. And <laughs> all that really means is that a sale isn't done until payment is collected. What I want my entrepreneurs to remember is like what I said earlier, remember your ABCs, always be closing because when it comes to finishing the job and making a transaction, you want to think of logic versus emotion. One of the things I tell my team all the time is this, logic opens the mind and emotion closes it. And what this means is people make emotional decisions first, then they use logic to validate their choices. Customers buy on emotion, not logic. So if you master having someone feel great based on their emotional decision, 
you will make a lot more sales. If someone is showing you that they're interested, you got to use that emotion and add enough value to make them feel like this is an undeniable uh, deal and I have to get it. So for entrepreneurs out there, remember, logic opens the mind and emotion closes it. My final takeaway is to really tap in with your audience if you want to convert sales. So this means speak their language, reason with them, be genuine, but more importantly, give value. After the value has been delivered, then that's when you ask for the sale. When you ask for the sale, you ask in a confident manner. You ask as if when it's going to happen, not if it's going to happen. Use these certain things on social media, the certain tools that we have, different calls to actions. Focus on your language and your words with your customers and also social selling where you tap into the different networks. All these different tools will help you convert your sales because take your pride aside and realize this is for your business. If you don't make transactions, you will not get paid. (laughs) Therefore, my fellow entrepreneurs, finish the job. Entrepreneurs. Anyone can start, but only champions finish. Now that you've completed this episode, you're ready to continue your journey by connecting directly with our hosts of Entrepreneurhood. Follow us on Instagram at The Entrepreneurhood to stay updated with the community. For each episode, the first set of listeners to tag us on Instagram and leave a five-star review will be entered into a drawing to get a free one-on-one coaching session on the topic of entrepreneurship with our hosts. Remember, there is no shame in struggling because we fail, we grow, and we win right here on Entrepreneurhood.